Hey everyone, it is Victoria from the future editing this episode. Um, so we recorded this guy um, kind of Tuesday uh, late morning, obviously missing all of the NFL news that came out later on Tuesday, um, including but not limited to Ken Dorsey getting hired by the Bills, Brian Flores's lawsuit against the NFL alleging employment discrimination, um, and also Jim Harbaugh possibly agreeing to take the Vikings job. If you're listening to this on Wednesday or later, like you have to be, because that's when we put out the podcast, and you're wondering why these very big topics have not been touched, that's why. Um, there's not much we can do about that. It keeps happening to us where right after we record something wild happens. So yeah, that is the explanation for why. We'll talk about everything next week. Uh, for sure. So anyway, see ya. Hope you like the uh, hope you like the show. I think it's pretty nice. Any intentional forward movement of his hands starts a forward pass, even if the player loses possession of the ball as he is attempting to tug it back towards his body. Also, if the player has tugged the ball into his body and then loses possession, it is a fumble. Yeah, like I got over the tough rules. But I still think about the tuck rule. Do you not believe the tuck rule was appropriately applied? I do not. I do not. Hey, people. We got another tuck rule uh, post-championship game weekend edition. Um, every week, there's less games to talk about. And I don't know if that's fun because the games are pretty good or sad. I don't know. I'm Victoria, as always. Katie, what's up? Uh, what's up, Katie? Yeah, my friend told me uh, that they missed that part of the show where I say, what's up, Katie? So, what's up, Katie? Um, yeah. So, so Victoria, um, I don't know if you've heard, like, there's been some news recently. Oh, no, uh, what, sorry? What happened? I don't know. Some guy, some guy decided to like sip fucking mai tais in Key Largo. Well, first of all, I don't think Tom Brady has had the amount of sugar that is in a mai tai in possibly twenty five years. No, but he's about to. Hell yeah! Oh, good for him. Okay, Katie. Let's say that you are the greatest football player of all time. I yeah. can just say that, and it's fine. Um, let's say that you were planning to retire, let's say on a, maybe like a Monday or a Tuesday. Um, how would you react if Adam Schefter leaked that you were going to retire on a Saturday afternoon instead? Um, I would play one more year just to spite Adam Schefter because Adam Schefter is a little bitch boy, but yeah, so we record this show on Tuesday mornings and about... Oh, I don't know. An hour and a half ago, Tom Brady uh, wrote an essay and posted it to his Instagram, thanking the Buccaneers about a billion times and not mentioning the Patriots once. Oof. I just think that's... I just love that. That's, Granted, That's, when, that's so weird. Well, <laughs> so weird. When, he, when he left the Patriots two years ago, he had a big heartfelt goodbye. So I guess the argument would be that he already said goodbye to the Patriots. But um, That's true. It is... It is very interesting. Um, I watched this man torture my football team for my entire childhood up until about two years ago. I think his record against the Bills is something like 32-3 and or 33-3 and or something like that. Um, fuck this man. Get him <laughs> out of my face. I despise him. Oh, dear Lord. Um, yeah, I, I certainly get how you feel like that. But I think the one thing I think of when I think of Tom Brady is not is not all the Super Bowls and all the accomplishments. It's sitting at home, feeling miserable, watching my Titans get drilled 59 to nothing by the Patriots in 2009 in mm-hmm. the fucking snow up in Foxborough. And I will never forget that game. And that was the most miserable time I've ever had watching professional football. Um, I I feel like all the superlatives you could say about Tom Brady have already been said. 
He mm-hmm. is he is the greatest player of all time. Um, I'm actually kind of happy that he ended up beating out Peyton Manning in that in that discussion because Manning versus Brady that was the big thing um, for basically my entire most of my football watching life um, up until Manning retired in 2015. I feel weird about this. I'm not sad to see him go, but it is going to be weird next season to yeah. watch the NFL and not see Tom Brady anywhere. Um, that's just... Yeah. I mean, what can you say? The guy's been in the league since I was fucking 10 years old, and now he's retired, and I'm fucking 31 now, so... Goddamn. I mean, Tom Brady was drafted before I was one year old. Um... So that's a cool fact. But I think, like, the wild thing... When I think about, like, that very particular wave of quarterback that, like, dominated my childhood of, like, you had Brady, uh, Peyton, Drew Brees, and then, like, the, like, 2004 brigade, um, (laughs) Eli Manning, Phillip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger, and then, obviously, the next year, Aaron Rodgers, is that... Pretty much all the rest of them went out sad. Uh, you can make an argument that Philip Rivers didn't. He was awesome in his last NFL was. game, which was which was against the Bills, and he played his ass off. Like he 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 played like a man who knew that this was going to be his last football game. Um, but the fact that Brady retired after one of his best seasons at age forty four, it is such a flex, especially it when is. like especially when Peyton went out sad, Ben went out sad, Eli went out sad. Drew Brees well, went out sad. I mean, Peyton did win a Super Bowl, but technically, I mean, their defense was so good by that point that they didn't really need to have much of an offense. Um, yeah. I feel like if you're Brady, I don't know why you wouldn't have done this after the Super Bowl last year, because I legitimately thought that is when he was going to do it. Um, but He did give the Bucks the- a two-year commitment, so... I, like, get it that, like, yeah, okay, I'm definitely going to be here for two years. Even though I won the Super Bowl one year, I I said I would give them a second year. Um, yeah, and I I guess I get that, but I feel like after winning a Super Bowl, you can just kind of say, hey, look, I know what I said, but um, I'm fucking off to, I'm fucking off to the Bahamas, and y'all can, and y'all can enjoy that fucking silverware I gave you. Yep. I... Y'all can enjoy Kyle Trask. Y'all can enjoy Kyle Trask. Um, also, by the way, Bruce Arians is turning 70 soon. He's got to retire. Is a, this, this is this a great time for him to, to walk away. This man needs to retire because that team... We said this... I think we said this, um, I believe, in our conversations together, but this is such a weirdly constructed team, and it's, a cool, and it's almost handmade to fall apart at the first sign of anyone retiring like Brady. Yeah. Um, yeah, like the Bucks are going to tank and they're going to get Bryce Young next year. Um, so enjoy that reality. Oh God. So I think part of the reason why people get like weirdly maudlin about like Brady retiring is that he is the like final other than Rogers, I guess. If you consider Rogers to be part of that wave, I'm not sure I do because he didn't like really start playing until 2008 or 2009 or whatever. Um, but like Brady is the last of that like old guard to still be around, pretty much. Um, do you know who the oldest quarterback in the AFC is um, at the current moment? The oldest quarterback in the AFC. Uh... Oh God! Please tell me. I was gonna say Fitzpatrick, but that's the NFC. But uh, so Fitzpatrick is the oldest quarterback in the NFL if he doesn't retire, I believe. Or no, I think Rodgers might be older than Fitz. I can't remember. Anyway, uh, the oldest quarterback in the AFC is Ryan Tannehill. Oh God! Oh God! We need to get rid of him. Please, please shit, please shift this man to like fucking to fucking Dutch Harbor to where he can go crab fishing. Please, for the love of God. <laughs> I can't. I can't love watch that. this man. I cannot watch this man another season. Please uh, give me Malik Willis. I don't even fucking care anymore. Ugh. My heart is dead. <laughs> um. So enough about old quarterbacks. Let's talk about some of the young ones that did dope stuff this oh, week. Oh yes, yeah. It was a. It was a pretty good title weekend. Um, conference title yeah. weekend. It wasn't as good, obviously, as the divisional weekend, but it would 
take. That was probably one of the best NFL weekends of all time, so it's okay if this one doesn't top it. Um, I guess we start out with Bengals-Chiefs, and that is... That turned out to be an absolute banger of a game after looking like it was going to be a rout for the first 25 minutes. Yeah, this was super weird. Um, so the Chiefs, on their first three possessions, they they go on like longer touchdown drives with, I would yep. say, very little resistance. Um, yep. Like, I don't think the Bengals' defense played poorly. I think that they just they, they just got out they, executed. Like, yeah, that, definitely. That, that, I think the Bengals, um, the one thing I did kind of notice a little bit is that their alignments in the second half were the linebacker alignments tended to be a little closer to the line of scrimmage, so they didn't give Mahomes as much time to throw, um, even with the simulated pressures that they would bring sometimes. Um, but that first half, they were, I believe Mahomes was able to like get the flow of the defense like going one way and he was able to throw another way. That was a play that worked for them a bunch of times in that little, um, in that opening 25 minutes. Um, but yeah, they basically out-executed the Bengals' defense, and the Bengals' defense itself is not is not elite by any standard, so it wasn't very hard. I think like the the Bengals' defense has good personnel, and it's very well coached. But like, there are definite spots that you can attack it. Like, yep. if one of your cornerbacks is Eli Apple, um, <laughs> oh, God, you yeah. know. Yep. You can go after that guy, Eli Apple, who's a much better poster than he is a football player. Um, which, hey, same, brother. Um, so the Bengals' offense is kind of mixed in the first half, too. Like, they uh, yeah. go on a decent enough field goal drive, but there's a lot of first down runs that get two yards. Like, like way too many. Yeah. Um, and a lot of screen passes, I feel like, that just ended up either in the dirt or getting tackled right away. I, they finally hit one to Samanchi P. Ryan um, after in like late in the second half. Um, that yeah. was their first touchdown. But for the most part, like their offense was just very safe and conservative. A lot of Joe Mixon runs up the middle for nothing and screen passes that didn't work and little short slants that um, their corner, that Kansas City's corners were actually able to pretty well blanket for the most part in that half. The Chiefs take a 21-3 lead, and then the Bengals manage to finally put together a drive with, like, five minutes left in the second quarter. It ends with the Samaje Pirine, um, like, 40-yard screen touchdown or something like yeah. that. It was it was very interesting. But still, at this point, the vibe is very much that the Bengals don't belong on the same field as the Chiefs. Yeah. Um, especially that the Bengals scored with a minute left in the, the first half and left the Chiefs all this time to go down and get some points if the Chiefs can send a game to overtime in 13 seconds, certainly they can put points on the board before half if you give them a minute, right? Yeah, we could say that, but I don't think that's exactly what happened here. <laughs> yeah, so they get they get all the way into the Bengals zone. There's a very ticky-tack defensive pass interference called on Eli Apple, which is rich considering that the refs were letting both of these teams' DBs oh play, which is how it should be, by the way. Like... The like the Chiefs MO on defense since Spagnola got there has been Yeah, we're gonna hold you till they call it, which is what you should do. I'm yeah. I wanna be very clear that like the rules bias against defense, so defenses should take whatever you know Liberties they whatever can. they can. Yeah. Um but this was a case where both teams were playing, you know, handsy and the first call went against the Bengals, which is extremely silly. But then on second and goal, with five seconds left in the half, and um, I believe the Chiefs did not have any timeouts. Nope, um, no timeouts. No timeouts, five seconds left. So, like, if you're going to throw the ball, it has to be, like, right away. Like, you can't you can't dilly-dally any time at all. Um, so, Patrick Mahomes dilly-dallied a lot and then threw to Tyree Kill. Tyree Kill, like, you've seen it so many times where he just basically outruns a guy to the pylon. Um... That didn't happen here. <laughs> Not at all. He hell was tackled. Of a, yeah, hell of a hell play. Of a play. By, hell, of a, hell of a play by our man Eli Apple, uh, who I did not think we would mention Eli Apple this many times in this show, but uh, this We're was an awesome play. mention him again. 
<laughs> oh, yes, we will. Um, oh, Lord. So, at this point, Mahomes has been playing lights out. It's 21-10 going into the half. Kansas City gets the ball. I think we still all think that it's going to be over because the Bengals have not shown an ability to stop the Chiefs' offense at all. And then, both these teams trade punts, which is a little strange. The yeah. Chiefs punt, and then the Bengals punt, and then the Chiefs punt, and at this point, I'm like, okay, the Bengals' defense is basically just, like, rushing three, dropping seven, and, like, setting a spy, which was very effective in the second half yep. of this game. Oh, so, yeah. like, the the Bengals literally played air raid defense, and it was and it worked. Who could have possibly predicted that that would work? <laughs> yeah. Um, um, yeah, and Hendrickson, uh, one of those in. Yeah. Oh, my God. He basically, that entire second half, I think he had Patrick Mahomes just in his head, like, I've like he was relentless that entire half and I mean the entire line was for the Bengals so it was it was interesting I feel like the vibes for this half you kind of knew like maybe something can change when they get a stop um during the uh during the Chiefs first drive of the second half um but you know like you said you still think you know the Chiefs are going to pull away and it's going to be some I don't know, like Annoying. 35, yeah, like 35 to like 27-ish type thing. Yeah, especially when the Bengals do manage to put together a drive. They only kick a field goal, and at this point you're like, okay, now it's 21 to 13. The Bengals are going to pretend to make this a game, but they're not actually in it, you know? Um, oh, and, then, and then Patrick Mahomes throws the ball directly to a generously sized B.J. Hill. Threw it to the wrong <laughs> hill, folks. Um... Tyree kills about half the size of this particular hill, so I don't know how he made that mistake. E- but at easy this point, mistake. We've, we've all yeah. done it before. We've all done it before. So, by now, um, the Bengals have a short field here. They only have 27 yards to go. A couple runs, uh, runs for Joe Mixon, get them close. And then Burrow throws a like goal line fade on third and goal, which everyone hates, but uh, if you have Jamar Chase... Chase. If yeah. you have Jamar Chase. And then uh they they uh I I think their two point conversion call was a just like standard pick play at the goal line, Trent Taylor. Basically, yeah. Yeah. They had Taylor basically run to the pylon and then go out and yeah, he was able he was wide open too. Like there wide was nobody open. within five yards of him. Yeah. Um so I'm not totally sure what is wrong with Patrick Mahomes in this half. I think he's like in his own head. Like, yeah, I, I feel like the pressure is starting to get to him a little bit because the passes aren't as crisp. Like, you can tell, like, the Chiefs receivers are having to work a little bit harder for these passes. Um, and there was, and the receivers did drop a few. I thought, I think Kelsey dropped one or two. I know, I know Tyreek Hill had to slide in the dirt for a couple of them, but like, yeah, he, um, yeah, he, he was very much in his own head and he was scrambling and he was, he was trying to find these big shot plays, um, and the Bengals. At, it's weird. We okay, okay. We've talked about how you need to play too high to beat the Chiefs, but the Bengals actually did play a lot of one high in this game with cover three and cover one man. Like it was, it was something that like you would think that they would not be able to get away with, but they did it, and it allowed them to. It allowed them to get coverage underneath that I don't think most teams would have been daring enough to try, but it's the AFC title game. You got to do what you can. Yeah. Um, like we're going to get to Mahomes's like, um, we're going to get to his like last drive of regulation, but like he was just, he was not taking what the Bengals gave him. He was playing right into their hands. Um, which is why the chiefs have two, three and outs that go nowhere. Um, Burrow bails them out by throwing an extremely goofy interception uh, in between these uh, these three and outs. Yeah, um, yeah. But then this the Chiefs what, punt yeah. anyway. Yeah, I just want to say that was a- it was actually a really good interception by the Chiefs too. Um, but oh yeah. yeah, it was it uh, it was an excellent play by I think that was Legarius Need, but just very much a oh Joe Burrow maybe does not have the arm strength all the time. Uh, yeah, play. Um, yeah, may, maybe the maybe the draft physical nerds are right for once, only once. <laughs> uh, 
Bengals get the ball with around 12 minutes left after the punt, and they go on a really slow kind of plotting <laughs> drive. Yep. Um, they stall out. God, there there are some, like, Zach Taylor bangers on this drive. <laughs> um, like, there are so many. Ugh, this drive ends on Joe Burrow passing it short right to Samaj P. Ryan on third and ten. Evil. Evil. Zach Taylor, you are a massive dipshit, and you're going to start a Super Bowl. <laughs> Zach Taylor's going to start a Super Bowl, and he sucks. I know. Um, but the Bengals bring on their absolute fucking rock star of a rookie kicker, Evan McPherson, who nails this kick from 52 to somehow give the Bengals the lead in this football game. But you give the Chiefs the ball with six minutes to go, and you think, okay, they're going to run this... They're going to run this clock down. They're going to take all these fucking eight-yard pivot routes uh, by Kelsey or, like, some sort of deep crosser by Tyree Kill, and uh, they'll run it down to, like, 30 seconds left, and that'll be that. Yeah, um, which is exactly what they do, pretty much. Um, Finally, the offense starts to work, and Mahomes is comfortable taking what the Bengals give him as they kind of, like, plod their way down the field. Um, I just want to say... I just want to yep. say, I thought, I almost, I said on Twitter, I thought the Bengals should have let the Chiefs score. Because I didn't think, I, I didn't think the Bengals were getting the fucking ball back. I absolutely also thought that the, that the Bengals should have, uh, you know, let the Chiefs score. Um, Jarek McKinnon has a couple nice plays. Uh, there are some good Patrick Mahomes scrambles on this drive. But either way, the Chiefs end up with the ball uh, on the, on the Bengals five yard line, first and goal. With about a minute 30 left, they are comfortable running the ball on first down. McKinnick picks up a yard. Um, the Bengals call timeout because they have those. And then second and goal, Cincinnati four. Um, I would say the one thing that the Chiefs really can't afford is a dumb sack. Tell me, Victoria, so, what happens next? <laughs> uh, Patrick Mahomes is dumped by Sam Hubbard um, for a five-yard loss. Mahomes at this point is pl- is absolutely playing hero ball and if yep. you look at the tape if you look at the all 22 oh lord he had some touchdowns there he did um, he did he missed he probably missed about two or three open touchdowns like you could very much tell he was pressing so bad it's like you said like he was just he was scrambling he was sitting there trying to get out of the pocket and trying to make these plays when everybody was like when like the downfield portions of the field are covered and like you could still probably get a touchdown if you just throw the ball underneath to someone but no he he scrambled around a lot he kept he kept trying to like scramble drill his way to a touchdown and it didn't work no and then on third on third and goal from the nine it's even worse because he's dumped by sam hubbard again this time for 15 yards and he almost Mm -hmm. fumbles the game away um Thankfully for them, recovered by Joe Thune. They bring on Harrison Butker for a 44-yard field goal. So not only did they stall out, but they made it a much harder field goal for their kicker. He hits it. We go to overtime. And the Chiefs win the goddamn toss. You, you I, yeah, I, 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 thought, I thought of you. I thought of you, and I was like, Patrick Mahomes has made a deal with the devil. I, so Sean Payton, who, uh, we will talk about him soon, uh, is just, you know, enjoying football as a fan now at this point, presumably. Sean Payton posts that if the Chiefs had scored a touchdown on the first drive of this overtime, that it almost certainly would have been enough for the NFL to change the rule. I think he's probably right. This would have pissed people off beyond salvaging, like, this system. Thankfully, though. Thankfully, though. Patrick Mahomes got our back. No, this was this was a great play by um the uh the Bengals defen- defensive back to tip it into I believe it was Von, Von Bell, Bell who picked up. it off. Yeah, like, but the original carom was off of a um was off of a pass deflection where the where the defender has stuck his hand in Tyree Kill's breadbasket just perfectly. It is yes, it's a masterpiece. It w- yeah, this is a... The Bengals have gotten... I In the last two games, they've had four interceptions off of deflections. <laughs> I don't even know what to... Like, what are you supposed think, to do to that? Like, I don't even think that's a stat anyone tracks. It's just... Yeah. <laughs> I oh, mean, they, the Bengals are clearly blessed by God. Also, um, in a 
twist of fate that I quite enjoyed, Patrick Mahomes threw this interception at exactly 13 seconds into overtime. Um, <laughs> I bet you did. So at this point, the Chiefs defense is so gassed that the Bengals are just pounding the ball to Mixon, pretty much. Um, there are a couple of very nice intermediate passes to Higgins. Uh, T. Higgins, by the way, led led the Bengals in receiving in this game. He had a very nice game. He was we love a Knoxville boy. Draft Knoxville Always. boys. That's what that's what they'll do for you. Yeah. Um, Burrow hits Higgins for a very key. Uh, I believe that one was a second and eight. Uh, but then at that point they are comfortable just banging Mixon. I am screaming for them to just kick the field goal. I'm like, yep. don't. If if this kick possession it on second ends, down. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but the Bengals run the ball way too long. Thankfully, it doesn't end up punishing them. Uh, Joe Burrow kneels to get the ball to the right hash, and then Money McPherson, Shooter McPherson, hits it. Hits his third game-winning field goal of his of his first postseason as a rookie, <laughs> and sends the Cincinnati Bengals to the Super Bowl. I'm pretty sure McPherson is 13 for 13 on field goals in in, in his first postseason, which is of course some kind of record. That is um, that is absurd. That is absolutely absurd. I oh lord, oh dear god. I, I Katie just... the Bengals made the Super Bowl. Why didn't we predict it? I I feel like I said back in early October. That I liked the Bengals, and that was as close as I got. I was like, I like the Bengals, and they have good vibes. Um, do I would have would I have predicted them to go to the Super Bowl in about three million years? Absolutely, the fuck not. This is this is. Oh, I was. I don't even know I what was, to say. I was. Um. I was. I was trying to like think my way through this and be like, is is this the single strangest Super Bowl team of the past, like, 15 years. And I think you can make an argument that the Kurt Warner Cardinals year was maybe about as, like, strange and what on earth are you doing here? Yeah, um, um I was, I feel like, I feel like the 2006 Steelers were 8-8 eight and eight and made the Super Bowl, if I'm not mistaken. I think they were 9-7, and seven, but, yeah, they were definitely, like, so, like, there have been, like, six seeds that have won Super Bowls. Like, it was, like, that Steelers team, the Packers, uh, the 2011 Giants were terrible, and they won the Super Bowl. <laughs> um, I, I think, I'm, I don't know if we ended up, like, saying this on a show that released, but I was certain that the Bengals would win, like, three games and that Zach Taylor would be fired. I was certain. They've, they they went 30 years without winning a playoff game, and they've won three in three weeks. <laughs> Holy fuck. Yep. This is... Oh, Lord. Um, Zach, Ta- Zach Taylor has done what Marvin Lewis only dreamed of. Zach Taylor is going to be coaching this team, like, when he's dead in the fucking ground. <laughs> he has... He oh, has God. earned a double oh. lifetime contract. Oh, dear Lord. Team. Mike Brown is going to keep that man around until the fucking sun envelops the earth. I can't wait. Yep. Um, so the other game is a little less fun. We're, we're probably not going to talk about it in as much depth as we talked about this one. We had 49ers Rams uh, rematch. Uh, the Niners uh, swept the regular, se- the regular season series for this. Shanahan is historically done pretty well against McVeigh, but that is not how this one went. Um, no, not at all. It, it It's weird. This, this game, the vibes for this game for me are almost, nobody won this game. It's just one team lost it more than the other. This game doesn't start this way, but the first notable event is Stafford getting the Rams all the way down the field and then throwing an interception to Jimmy Ward. Oh my uh, God. I I'm pretty sure that was third and goal from like the like Niners two yard yeah. line or something ridiculous yeah. like that. He tried to force the ball in there, and then Jimmy Ward I think caught it off a of carom. Good play by Jimmy Ward, but just another classic ill-timed Stafford interception that has like really plagued Oof. this Rams team. Um, the Rams though put together a very impressive touchdown drive, 18 plays, 97 yards, nine and a half minutes, just a very 
wonderful methodical drive that ends in a very pretty Cooper Cup touchdown uh, off a third and 13. Uh, the Niners respond right back uh, with Debo Samuel making one of the most impressive plays I think I've ever seen off of this screen. This is absurd. Yep. yep, this tunnel screen where he just takes it and basically knifes his way through the entire defense for a touchdown. It is, it is genuinely, it is genuinely... I love watching Debo Samuel play. I just love how he plays. I love how down, how much like he runs downhill. I love how he can knife through defenders if he has to. He can either run over you or run through you, and he doesn't really care which. But either way, it looks awesome. Yeah, um, this was an awesome play, and um, Matt Gay misses a field goal. This is followed up by Robbie Gold, who is now 22 for 22 all-time in playoff field goals. Another absolute king, by the way. Um, Robbie Gold hits a field goal to go into half, uh, and oh, it's 10 oh. to 7 Niners. Oh God. Against- and then he, and then Jalen Ramsey is trying to talk shit to him, and Robbie <laughs> Gold and Jalen Ramsey are fucking having, are fucking about to fight each other on the field. It, genuinely hilarious. I laughed when I saw it. I am not messing with Robbie Gold. Robbie no. Gold has the energy of the old guy at the Y who <laughs> is who is. Uh, he is showing up to pick up games, and everyone, like everyone, underestimates him because he looks goofy, and then he just absolutely balls. Like that's exactly who Robbie Gold is. Um, I don't want to fight that man. Do you remember that fucking Twitter thread? Um, and I know I'm getting on a tangent here, where like the guy was like, "Yeah, this dude was shouting out players I've never heard of before." Yep, Bob Pettit exactly on the what... bank shot. <laughs> yep. I know exactly what you're talking that, about. That's Robbie Gold. That's Robbie absolutely. Gold. That is absolutely Robbie Gold. Um, the like the the first the first NFL playoffs that I remember in like some clarity would be the 2006 season playoffs, and Robbie Gold was nails in those playoffs. So you know, good for him being around forever. So second half of this game kind of gets a little more interesting. Um, Niners punt. Jimmy has a better game than he did last week. I would say. Yeah, still not a very good one. Um, yeah. <laughs> the yeah. Rams turned the ball over on downs here at one point um, on a fourth and one quarterback sneak that does not go well. Um, the the 49ers respond by putting together a nice little touchdown drive here. Yep. Um, and holy shit, the 49ers are leading this game by 10 points out of nowhere, even though the Rams are kind of it feels like they're dominating. Yeah, it feels like they had the better measure of him, but, like, these little fucking quick little routes to fucking Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel um, are just killing him. Yeah, Ayuk was great in this he game. He was. Yeah, he was. He he um, he um was a great deep threat, too. Just, um, I remember people were predicting for him a pretty good year coming in, and I think he kind of disappointed, especially kind of the fantasy nerds, but... Oh, he had yeah. a really good game. Um, Ayuk basically like leapfrogged Samuel in like every single fantasy rankings this year, um, and that that <laughs> turned job. out to be an interesting call. <laughs> fantasy nerds, um, the Rams respond in kind with a very nice touchdown drive of their own. Uh, this is yet another Cooper Cup touchdown. The craziest white boy to ever do it, Cooper Cup. Um, I just. I love I love how the Rams are fucking targeting Kendall Blanton so much. Yes. In this game. <laughs> Something that I would like to talk about, I think, next week when we maybe dig into the Super Bowl a little bit more is how insanely built this Rams roster is. <laughs> like, like in 2018, their moves to go all in were like we have Akib Talib and Marcus Peters and 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 Sue and like they're in the Super Bowl again three years later and it's just it's like an entirely different team like with like some holdovers but it's just very interesting how they've managed to like maintain success while like also (laughs) completely rebuilding it's very interesting 49ers uh at this point uh the Niners have three drives left and uh spoiler it's punt punt interception not so good (laughs) also Um, they ran the fucking Trent Williams man in motion play and it got stuffed again Jesus Christ There is a ghastly, and I mean ghastly, um, punt 
decision on the first 49ers drive here. This is fourth yep. and two from the Rams 45, and they punt. Mm. Kyle Shanahan should be arrested for that. This was after a weird Sean McVay challenge that doesn't go their way because Yuschik was already down by, like, a long ways. Just a I weird com- series of events in this game. Like, <laughs> I completely forgot about that. This is this this game and the and and the upcoming Super Bowl. It's just unbelievable, Kyle Shanahan brain on like every single side. I'm <laughs> just like everyone involved making the stupidest third down play calls and timeout decisions and challenges. <laughs> it's so good, especially because like McVay and Shanahan are both like stars, but like. Whenever they get into a situation like this, they 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 just can't help themselves. Um, so the Rams drive a little bit. Uh, we have a field goal from Matt Gay. This is yep. big for the Gay agenda. I by um, the way, um, I just want to say the first play of that drive. Uh, Tart, the defensive back for the 49ers, uh, drops the easiest interception in the known universe. I completely forgot about this. This is so rough. Um, oh. This tough play for for our man Jaquiski Tart, but Rams drive field goal tie the game. Niners give the ball right back. I swear to God, they took zero time off the clock on this. No, drive. no, because Jimmy G had a fucking delay of game penalty in this fucking drive. God, Jimmy, and this is and this is at a fucking stadium in which it is basically a 49ers home game. I know yep. they're in L.A., but this is a 49ers home game. And I feel like he had, like, three or four delay of game penalties in this game that just, like, what are you doing? Yeah, this was a banger of, like, Stafford doing weird stuff, Jimmy doing weird stuff, and both of these coaches, like, just doing extremely bizarre things. Uh, Rams have a nice little drive here. We haven't mentioned him so far, but Odell Beckham was incredible in this game. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Able to get separation real easily. Not that hard. This the this uh this 49ers secondary is complete ass, but <laughs> yep. Uh the Niners defense which is still having a like fairly good game. Niners defense was awesome this whole playoffs. Um they managed to stop the Rams from scoring a touchdown, but we have a 30-yard field goal from our boy Matt Gay yet again. So at this point we have a Jimmy G legacy drive, right? We have we have we have a minute forty six left, down by three. This is like we have already seen Jimmy G drive for a win in these playoffs. He did it against the Packers. So here we go, Jimmy. You are playing for your job. The Niners desperately want to replace you or trade you, and if you start in a Super Bowl, they can get way better draft picks. So Jimmy, you're just gonna take him down the field. Um, it's going to be uh, fine. Uh, Incomplete uh, short right, Jamichael Hasty. Short left, Jawan Jennings, negative three yards. So now it's third and 13. Oh, um, God. I, this he, play is just... He can't even something. hit a check down. He can't even hit a check down. It's so bad. <laughs> I, I want to... Uh, the Rams offensive line doesn't pick up this pressure very well, but also Aaron Donald just, like, bull rushes up the middle so like he doesn't have much time to throw anyways but like what he does is just chef's kiss yep this is really inspired idiocy here (laughs) from our man jimmy uh he manages so on third and 13 first of all he makes the decision to check it down to jamichael hasty who is not the 49ers best running back um he checks it down to Jamichael Hasty, and he com- he completely whiffs a check down. It bounces comically up in the air, and the Rams end it on a, I believe that's a Trevon Howard interception. The Rams are going to the Super Bowl again. Yep. Uh, the 49ers will be very interesting next year when they start Trey Lance, is what I will say. Oh, God. Oh, dear Lord. This... This fucking yeah. Super Bowl. This fucking Super Bowl. I I just I'm looking at it right now. My fucking notes and I'm just like, well, the Rams are obviously going to be the favorite in this game and they are. I believe they're a four and a half point favorite. This game is yeah. in their home stadium, but this is going to be a Bengals home game if it is a home game at all for anyone. But it's the Super Bowl, so it won't be it'll be um anodyne and much more corporate, but still I want the Bengals to win this game. Um, 
This would be but, so goofy. If a seven-loss Cincinnati Bengals team coached by Zach Taylor won a Super Bowl. Um, yeah. On the other hand, you have Matthew Stafford, who is playing in a Super Bowl in his first year outside of Detroit, which just feels yeah so, so I, right. Yeah, it does. And I'm also thinking of the tweet that... Um, what Cooper Cup is about to do to Eli Apple shouldn't be allowed under Black History Month policies. Um, <laughs> oh no, Cooper, uh, Cooper. Um, but also, but also, the Bengals' offensive line did give up nine sacks against the Titans, and we lost. Um, and <laughs> the Rams' pass rush is a lot better than ours. <laughs> so, Katie, Katie, remember when the Titans? Sacked Joe Burrow nine times and lost at home off a of bye. Remember when that happened? I remember when that happened. I'm gonna choke you. <laughs> what a what a dumb playoffs this has been. Um, it really is... has been. It, it's so stupid. <laughs> this is the first time that a Super Bowl has not involved a one or two seed, ever. Really? Um, wow. Yeah. Uh, there have been plenty of wild card teams that have made a Super Bowl, but whenever that's happened, there's always been a team with the bye waiting for them on the other side. Um, so yeah, this is between two four seeds. Um, this is this is supremely strange. Um, also, yeah. neither of these quarterbacks had any playoff wins going into this season, and now they have three each. <laughs> wins aren't a quarterback statistic. <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah. Oh, if, Lord. If Joe Burrow wins this Super Bowl, he will be... It will be the shortest amount of time that it's ever taken a number one overall pick to win a Super Bowl. And if Stafford wins this Super Bowl, it will be the longest amount of time that it's ever taken a first overall pick to win a Super Bowl. I love this. I just love love, like how random this matchup is and how many weird storylines you're going to get out of. This is um this is I would argue the first purely good vibe Super Bowl since 49ers Ravens. Just in terms yeah. of like what are these teams doing here? Like both these quarterbacks are young and this is weird and cool that they're here on this stage. Yeah, this is this is very interesting. Um I I'm pretty sure the Rams will win, but yeah, I've yeah. I've I've I I am tired of letting my brain logic myself into thinking that the Bengals will lose when their swag simply carries them week after week. Just, um, j- just a team that goes based on vibes, and it seems to work for them most times, and you can't argue with it. Uh, they're the AFC champs. I, I am... How did we get here is the thing I'm thinking. Like, how, how did this happen? What... what, what? What confluence of factors um, allowed this fucking passing of the Rubicon uh, by the Bengals to the Super Bowl? This rocks. This is so cool. Um, did you see the photo of Jamar Chase and and Joe Burrow's dads I smoking did. cigars in I the fucking did. parking lot after the game? I it's so did. cool. It's, it's so good. It's so good. Honestly, I think, like... LSU football should absolutely claim this and say, like, we are... Our 2019 team was was so fucking cool that we made the Bengals cool. That's, like, the biggest flex of all time. Absolutely. God. That 2019 team is gonna be, um... That 2019 LSU team is gonna be remembered for a long fucking time. Um, so we're gonna talk about the, uh, upcoming Super Bowl next week a little bit more. Uh, I think yep. we're going to leave this for now, and we're going to talk about some coaching stuff, because there has been some coaching stuff this there week, has been finally. Some... Yeah, finally. <laughs> yeah, uh, finally but... coaching stuff that w- broke after our show went off the air, and, I mean, what what, what am I saying, off the air? We're always off the air. Like, this is a <laughs> podcast. This isn't a fucking radio show. Uh, this is a radio show. We are Knoxville's most, most beloved AM radio transsexual football call-in <laughs> show um oh dear oh, lord. lord um um uh so before victoria puts me out to pasture for the rest of the year until <laughs> august um oh that's not you true know, you know until until i get shot in a fucking well um <laughs> um 
I want to talk about the Hawaii coaching saga for a minute. Um, I know this is a random aside, but I have to talk about it because it is genuinely the stupidest thing that has happened, and quietly, too. Not much discussion about this, I feel like, but... So... I want to go back to January 15th because that's when Todd Graham resigns as Hawaii head coach. Um, And the two big names that come out are June Jones and Timmy Chang. June Jones, um, if you know who he is, which you should if you're listening to this podcast, led Hawaii to their big time uh, success in 2007. When he is coach in Hawaii football history, ran the run and shoot to perfection with Colt Brennan. And Timmy Chang, who is the second candidate... Timmy Chang is actually just the wide receivers coach at Colorado State, but he has been he has gotten pub for this job for a long time. He's been he's been in the coaching ranks in college for about a decade. He was the offensive coordinator at Jackson State for a little bit. Um I don't think he's had any other offensive coordinator jobs, but he's been uh, around. He yeah, uh he was the offensive coordinator at a D three school called Emory and Henry. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, the Emory actually has a formation named after him that steve spurrier liked to use but yeah learn something new every day yeah um Um, yeah it it it, um but anyways (laughs) timmy chang timmy chang is the um timmy chang is the other candidate for this um another candidate for this was rich miano and if you don't know who that is i didn't either until i searched for it Rich Miano backed out of the search. He had last been a high school coach in 2013, which kind of shows you where Hawaii... Oh. Uh, yeah, it's it's not doing well. Um, so, we get to J- January 21st. June Jones is offered a head coaching contract by Hawaii, but turns it down because the contract was ass. In the tweet he posted, he said, So I would like to comment and give my thoughts on the football head coaching job. I am still interested in this job for the people of Hawaii, but for the job offered me today, there is no way I could accept with the conditions offered to me. No coach in their right mind would accept. And the reason is, Hawaii only gave him a two-year deal, which he viewed as a no-go, obviously, because of the recruiting problems it would cause, since, you know, most players are there for four years or longer. Um, And he wasn't allowed to hire his own assistants, so it sounds like... Kind of sounds like that they didn't really want him in the first place, but they had to offer him anyways. So they said, here you go. Um, and then the next day, Timmy Chang ends up taking the job as Hawaii head coach. But before that, though, we have a 30-minute Zoom call in which a spokesman for the university said that June Jones showed zero integrity in the hiring process. Um, <laughs> okay. Oh, God. Oh, Lord. Um, And this prompted Hawaii State House Rep Bob McDermott to issue a letter to the Hawaii State House Speaker, calling the Hawaii coaching search a national embarrassment and asked for a special committee in said state legislature, by the way, to investigate the university's handling of the football coaching search. You know how bad you have to be at hiring a fucking football coach for your state government to be like, hey... What's going on here? This is incredible. <laughs> it is, yeah. Like I said, Hawaii um, has some potential, and they do. But also, it's a hard job. It's a it's a hard job. I, I like. There's a reason that fucking Timmy Chang is the one taking this job after being a fucking wide receivers coach. Um. Also, I didn't mention this. He understands the job. Yeah, like, he understands the job. He is. He is a native-born son of Honolulu. Um. So, I hope he does well, and I hope Hawaii rises back to prominence. I've said that before, and I'll say it again. I love me the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors. They are they are a special team in my heart, and I hope they rebound. Um, but that's enough about uh, college, college coaching searches. Um, let's go to the NFL, where there are actually hires occurring uh, pretty recently. Yeah. Um, so, something that happened... A mere few hours after we were done recording last week's Tuck Rule is that fucking Sean Payton retired. I well, was so mad when I was so mad when I saw. I this. know, I know, I know. Um, I don't think he actually retired. He just said he was stepping away. Um, so yeah. I'm assuming he's going to be the Cowboys coach in 2023. But, <laughs> um, I I think mm, I don't know. I think if Sean Payton wants to retire, this is a this is a pretty good time to do it. 
But the Saints need a new head coach for the first time since I've started watching football. Um, oh, God. You don't... Sean Payton was there for a really long time, Katie. Sean Payton was there for 15, 16, question mark, years. Yep. Um, basically, since I've been, like, his first season with the team 2006 was my first, like, year immersed in, like, you know, following the NFL. And they were so cool. Those same, like... The I love those early, old, yeah. I love the those early Peyton teams. teams. Yeah, extremely cool. Um, it was so cool when they won the Super Bowl. Um, and then obviously Bounty Gate happens, and the like middle period Sean Payton Saints, where they went seven and nine every year, pretty pathetic. But it's kind of wild that they ended up making a full resurgence and had one of the better dynasties of the past five years, and still managed to never win anything of any note. Yep. Um. <laughs> yeah, I so, I remember the fucking Jim Hazlitt Saints, okay? So <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing is that like historically these Saints are very sad, but I've I've never seen them go through a sad period. No. Um, nope. Which they they've never been the Aints in your lifetime. No. Uh and who knows, they might be soon. Some coaches also got hired this week. I don't know how much we're going to talk about these, um but I just wanted to bring them up. Uh, the Bears hire Colts defensive coordinator Matt Eberflus, who has been getting head coach buzz for a while now, finally takes a job. Uh, he's never been a head coach anywhere, so I don't know what there is to possibly say about this. Yeah. Um, In my notes, I just said why. <laughs> yeah, um, his defense doesn't excite me, uh, but neither did Sean McDermott's defense, and I think it's hard to argue that that hire hasn't gone correctly. Uh, or, you know, like, they've they they've had success under McDermott, at the very least. Yep. Um, they have brought in a member of the Shanahan crime family uh, to mm. manage the offense. Packers quarterback coach Luke Getze uh, oh, is going to be their OC here. Like um, I said, and... when, you can take, when you can take someone who led the 11th best offense in the SEC for his <laughs> one year as, as offensive coordinator, you have to take it. Yeah. Um, so he's just going to do the... Matt LaFleur, Kyle Shanahan thing there. I guess that might be okay for Justin Fields. I don't know. Um, and they have a new GM that would be the former Chiefs executive director of player personnel, Ryan Poles. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess I'll give this time. The other early hire was the Broncos hiring Packers offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett. Um, I correctly predicted this one, and I'm pretty... I'm, I'm, I'm like, pretty, pretty proud of myself for this. Uh, you did good. Victoria. I thought you did. Yeah. Um, I thought, I think that the fit makes enough sense in getting an offensive guy after, um, uh, after, after hiring Fangio. Yeah. Yeah. Fangio and also Vance Joseph, like going and getting an offensive guy makes sense. Uh, it seems like the defensive quarter defensive coordinator might be Rams defensive backs coach, edgy row Evero. I'm not sure if that's actually going to turn out or not. Um, but, yeah, he uh, he has prior offensive coordinator stops in Buffalo and Jacksonville. Those were interesting. But he's part of the Shanahan mm-hmm. crime family now. So he gets, you know, all the all uh, all of his previous sins are absolved. Um, you, mean, you mean by interesting, you mean bad. Y- yeah. Um, I guess in Jacksonville it was a little bit better than bad, but not by much. Uh, he was he was not good in Buffalo. Uh, he also looks like an orc. <laughs> oh my that's God. all I have to say. That's that's all I have to say about Hackett. Then the Giants hired a head coach, one that I'm pretty familiar with. Um, they go and hire Brian Dable, the that's Bills' offensive guy. coordinator. Yeah, I agree with you that I think it's a good hire. It's hard for me to have perspective on Brian Dable because he was my team's offensive coordinator. Well, I mean, you all either wanted to fucking execute him or give an extension to him every week, so I don't know if he's good or not either. Um, yeah, and plus, and plus, if he can't develop Daniel Jones, which... I mean, Daniel Jones actually does have really good physical tools, obviously. He's very fast, and he's a, and he's got a good arm, but... You know, if that doesn't work out, you can just draft a quarterback in fucking 2023. Like, it's perfect. It's perfect. Like, this is... I think anywhere he goes, that would have been the plan, but this is really good for him. Um, 
I don't think Daniel Jones is going to end up being fucking Josh Allen, but he may improve a little bit. Yeah. Um, the last hire is, hmm. This weird. one kind of came together all at once. It felt yeah. like, like you didn't really hear his name mentioned for the Raiders job until all of a sudden it was the only guy. Um, <laughs> so I honestly thought Raiders... that they would give Rich, Rich Passaccia. Yeah. I honestly thought they would give Rich Passaccia like another year. But they didn't. Josh McDaniels is the head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, mm. Seems weird. The Raiders make a corresponding move to hire Patriots director of player personnel, Dave Ziegler. So they're mm. so they are doing the damn thing yeah, all the way. Doing the Patriot way. I mean, it's not going to work. It never works. But they're going to try it anyways. Uh, I don't. I don't care to. I don't know. <laughs> Fuck Josh McDaniels. <laughs> um fuck the raiders for doing this and being boring i think um i don't know maybe it'll work and we'll all look like fools i kind of doubt it personally so there are of course openings that have not been filled yeah. uh i don't want to dig into these in too much depth i will just want to mention a interesting finalist candidate for each of them um so the vikings i actually wanted to talk about their general manager hire quezzy adolfo mensa who was the Browns' vice president of football operations. This is like a Wall Street guy they hired. Um, oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, he has been in football for, I think, like eight or so years at this point. I think he's mostly mm -hmm. been with the Browns. But uh, before he got into football, I'm pretty sure he's Ivy League educated. He was, I think he was, yeah, he was literally like a fucking, like, Wall Street trader. Um, ends up as the GM of the Vikings. He seems to be an extremely smart and capable guy, so good for Quezzy. Um The four stated finalists for this job are Kevin O'Connell, Rams offensive coordinator, Raheem Morris, Rams defensive coordinator, Giants defensive coordinator Patrick Graham, and Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh. Oh, dear God. <laughs> uh, oh, dear they, God. Are, they are interviewing Jim Harbaugh on Tuesday evening, so tonight for us when we are recording, and yesterday for when you'll probably hear this. Um, so... Yeah, maybe they'll get Jim Harbaugh, and then Michigan will have to promote Gaddis, I guess, to that coach. That would be uh, yeah, something. Yeah, because their defensive coordinator left for the fucking Ravens. So, yeah. So, uh, and if Giants defensive coordinator Patrick Graham doesn't get this job, it sounds like the Giants are going to keep him around. Um, so, good mm. for Patrick Graham, I guess. Um, yep. The Dolphins seem to be between Mike McDaniel and Kellen Moore, the, the Niners offensive coordinator and Cowboys offensive coordinator. Um, Harbaugh has been, has been connected to this job. I don't know how serious it is. Um, I think, I think this is going to be Mike McDaniel. We're going to see our king, our absolute nerd king, Mike McDaniel, get this job. We love, we love Mike McDaniel, who I would... Nope, not going to say that. Not going to say that on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> nope, not going to say that. Um, the Texans, they're doing some goofy <laughs> shit. Um... It seems like they have four finalists. Again, we have Rams offensive coordinator Kevin O'Connell, Eagles defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon, who we talked about both those guys on a previous episode of this show. And uh, you have former Dolphins head coach Brian Flores, who seemed like the early leader for this job and might no longer be. Um, also, who is the early the, leader? <laughs> um, the current favorite for this job appears to be Josh McCown. Oh, um, dear God. What? Who has never coached football before, as far as I know. He, he Well, that's not why? true. He might be coaching high school ball somewhere this year. Okay, why? Um, why, why is this happening? Okay, as, as, as the college football bitch on this show, why the fuck is this happening? Um, please, please don't ask me why. I don't think any of us know either. <laughs> um, other than that, there was a story that came out last week where the Texans were trying to get other teams to interview McCown so that their hire would be legitimized, which I love. <laughs> that the, um, I'm honestly surprised that the Jaguars haven't, based on how this has gone for them, which we'll get to the Jags last. Uh, Saints, not much to say about them yet. Yeah, we can just skip over the Saints because it's so early in yep. the process that it's hard to say who, like, the leaders are. Um, the Jaguars, though, have been kind of wilding out. Um, <laughs> fucking Trent Baalke. Jesus Trent Christ. fucking Baalke, the worst general manager in NFL history, probably, presided over the hires 
of Jim Tom Sula to the Niners, Chip Kelly to the Niners, and then <laughs> Urban Meyer to the Jags. Um, <laughs> un- unbelievable. Also responsible for driving Jim Harbaugh away. Wow. Um, yeah. This is an absolute, just managerial nightmare. Yeah. So it comes out last week that the Jags are very close to giving this job to their former quarterback and current offensive uh, Bucks offensive coordinator, Byron Leftwich, to the point where this is getting reported by people. It seems like he might actually be the first coach hired, um, but it's never confirmed. Nope. And all of a sudden it seems like Nate Hackett might be a candidate here, but then Denver hires him. So then okay. all of a sudden it's like, well, what's going on here? And then Schefter tweets out that they weren't actually interested in Hackett. They were in Denver to interview Vic Fangio. Um, oh, God, my dear is, God. This what, is, what, is, what is going on here? Okay, so there is actually a relatively simple answer to, to what the Jags are doing, which is that Byron Leftwich wants this job, but his but one of his conditions for taking this job is that the Jags fire Trent Balky and hire Adrian Wilson, who is a former Cardinal safety and the current uh, VP of Pro Scouting. Um, Which, by the way, this would be a very good idea on yes. the whole. <laughs> uh, I don't know if Adrian Wilson would be a good GM, but he would not be Trent Balky, so it's an upgrade. Um... So, Leftwich wants Balky out and wants Wilson in. So, naturally, Balky freaks the fuck out because he's a little control freak and he doesn't want to get fired. I, I so love then, this list of coaches. I, I I am looking at this list of coaches and I love it. I love yeah. them. <laughs> so, a, so, a earlier interview was Alabama offensive coordinator Bill O'Brien. Um, but, the, but the three panic interviews that done specifically so that they can pretend like they're not going to hire Leftwich because at this point this is all leverage they are trying to say yeah. hey like hey, hey man we don't need you fucking... we can just hire someone else yeah they're trying to fucking strong arm him basically so they interview Broncos head coach Vic Fangio which no other team has done that wonder why um <laughs> they have interviewed Rich Bisaccia Raiders interim head coach again no other team has interviewed him uh, and also former Eagles head coach Doug Peterson, who's gotten consideration for other jobs in this cycle. Um, yeah. The favorite for this job appears to be Kevin O'Connell, Rams offensive coordinator, showing up again. A very strong late candidate here. But because the Jags didn't request an interview in time, they can't talk to him until after the fucking Super Bowl. <laughs> I love this stupid team so much. I, this you is, told me that you so told dumb. me that shot. You t- fucking told me that Shad Khan is just fucked off somewhere in the Caribbean. He's in the Caribbean. <laughs> Balky's running the fucking show. Oh, I love this. I fucking this love is, this. This is unbelievably dumb. The Jags are gonna do something really stupid when Byron Leftwich was like, "Okay, here, like, here is how we fucking fix things." I don't even know if it would have worked, but it would have been no. something. And instead fucking Trent Balky is going to hire Rich Bisaccia. They're both going to get fired after one year mm-hmm. and then they're going to have to start from scratch next year again. Yep. Yep. Unreal. And you could, yep. And you could have, you could have had some fucking re- reinvigorated interest in this goddamn team. If you fucking hire Byron Leftwich and do what he wants. Like, I feel like, huh, I don't know. This yep. team is just Trevor Lawrence, please strong arm a fucking trade out of here as soon as possible. Please, for the love of fucking God. He needs to... Yes. Trevor Lawrence needs to have a diva arc uh, very badly. Oh, Lord. I think that's about all we have to talk about. Um, God damn it, Jags. Why do you have to make this depressing? Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm on Twitter, at DirtbagQueer, I guess. I don't know. Leave me alone. You guess. Um, I guess. Uh, Katie, where can the people find you? I am at Kates of Heaven on Twitter, and starting this week, I started doing stuff at Fansided for college football. Um, I have an article out today about how Arkansas is going to do this year, so um, check that out. I know, I know, you're going to bitch to me about slideshows. I get it. I get it. Um, pst, use an ad blocker. But um, Whoa whoa um katie <laughs> katie we are very very excited for you hell yeah thank, let's fucking thank go. you thank you um but yeah click on my articles it's how i get paid 
click on all of her articles. If you don't, I'll come to your house and beat you with a sock full of quarters. Um, follow right. the show account on Twitter at TuckRulePod um, for <laughs> news and updates and nonsense, etc. Um, we've gotten a lot of followers lately. That's cool. Um, yeah. Some of them, some of them we don't want. <laughs> I'm sorry for posting a fucking thirst trap. Um, I posted a thirst trap on fucking Thursday. And by Friday afternoon, I think we blocked probably around 10 or 20 chasers. Um, Following which, the show account? Yes! Literally, <laughs> nothing gets posted on there but fucking shitty memes and us just being silly. Um, how fucking horny do you have to be? Fucking bonk. Bonk, that is... bonk, bonk, bonk. <laughs> How how fucking down bad do you have to be to see someone's thirst trap and not only try to follow them, but then be like, oh, I'm going to follow her podcast. Dear God. That is an amount of horny that you should go to jail for. And I don't mean like, I, I don't agree. mean ha ha, ha ha meme horny jail. I mean actual prison. Um, God. If you like the show, give us five stars and leave us a nice little review. We'll read Please. it. We haven't gotten one in a while, but that's okay. That's okay. Um, we did We did yeah. get one five-star review, but it wasn't... It didn't have anything attached. So, yeah, sad day. That's okay. But, yeah, that's okay. Um, yeah. That's a podcast, I think. Um, you want to get us out of here, Katie? Yeah, sure. Um, Brandon Stewart eats bussy. <laughs>